Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and analysis on the internet. Go check them out, HashtagBasketball.com. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? I'm not going to say any crazy antidotes because I feel like we might have a lot to talk about on this one. We do have a lot to talk about. If you are just joining us, this is our 30 teams in over 30 days team previews that we do every single year to ramp up into the beginning of the year. A lot of people have moved places this offseason has been nuts, but really, really quick, something even more important happened, Tyler. I have to give a shout out to our new Patreons on patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Guys, if you like the show, please help support the show through donating on Patreon. You get access to special uh, podcasts, extra mock drafts as we approach the season. Um, there's a lot of goodies in there and you get access to a Slack channel where you can talk to Tyler and I and a bunch of other people who are really into fantasy basketball and you can join our, our, our good friends, Glenn and Andrew shout out to Glenn and Andrew for joining on patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Shout out to you. You are the best. Um, you're the best people in the world. That's my grandfather's name. Shout out to him. Extra shout out to him. I'm a fan of that name. Do you think that was your grandfather? Um, no, Michael, because he is dead. Thank you for ruining it. Wow, <laughs> that dark a dark start to the the, the podcast. Right? R.I.P. Uh, Tyler's grandpa Glenn and uh, R.I.P. Glenn, who probably got rid of his Patreon right after that uh, horrible um, faux pas of mine. Tyler, um, a dark start to what is a dark turn in the NBA because we are talking about uh, perhaps a, a team that specializes in the dark arts, the LA Clippers who have somehow uh, aligned the, the, the planets and the chakras and the, um, the, the, the dark magic, the satanic magic perhaps to acquire one of the best players in all of basketball, Kawhi Leonard, along with Paul two George. Of, I say two of the best players in basketball. Like they yes. didn't just acquire one. They were just like, you know what? If we're gonna have one, we gotta have two. So we're just gonna and, get Paul and, George and, too. We're, I mean, we're gonna go in on these guys, especially what uh, incredible fantasy seasons they both had. Um, and if Kawhi Leonard would ever uh, play all his games, what an incredible guy he would be as well. But they also ended up getting one of our favorite. Guys who never will probably be good at fantasy basketball, but we will always love them for some reason anyway. Mo Harkless is on the team. Oh, my man. The man close to my heart. I, I assume you're very, very excited about that, but they did lose a ton of players. Wilson Chandler, Daniela Gallinari, Shea Gillis Alexander, and I know you're very, very sad about Garrett Temple leaving. Uh, I know that's that's one of your favorite players, Tyler. So I'm sorry to have to tell you that Garrett Temple is no longer on the Clippers. Where did he go? Uh, I think he is in Brooklyn now. Oh, Good man. for him. Another Backing team up, practice dark arts. Yeah, there's a lot of dark arts going on. 
Um, both teams probably – did the Clippers have a dark uniform, like a black uniform? The Nets do. The Clippers should get one. Uh, I think the Clippers do have one. Didn't they rock one last year? It's got like red they letters. They do, too. And the Spurs have been good for so long, and they have, they have a black uniform too. And the Spurs and the Bulls also have a black uniform, and they won uh, a ton of championships in the '90s. If you remember that, Tyler, a ton of championships. <laughs> it's sad that you have to bring up the '90s. I think I will. Uh, it is very sad, and I will shut up about the Chicago Bulls as uh, as much as I can in these previews. Uh, so let's let's get right into it. What is the most interesting? fantasy basketball story going into this season for the LA Clippers? Um, so there's a lot, right? There's a lot of standardly relevant guys. Um, this is going to be kind of a new team built around their two new stars, right? So we're going to see a lot of turnover and stuff. I guess the most interesting question to me would be, you know, we're talking top of the draft. We're talking stuff that people like to hear. Are you picking Paul George first? Or are you picking Kawhi Leonard first? Right, both were amazing. Paul George was what a top five player last year, kind of. I won't oh. say out of nowhere, but like that was a big jump up for him. Like he was so so good. And then oh, getting he, into that top five is is almost is borderline impossible. And he and he did. He jumped. He made the jump. I mean, and then you got Kawhi, who like you know every game he's so efficient. He's so good. He produces so many stats. But you know he's only gonna play like. 65 times so that's kind of a detriment in fantasy right like you know there's lots of guys out there playing 75 games so um if you're in a draft and we maybe we can differentiate between head-to-head and roto if that's your style um we'll assume it's 12 teams assume it's a regular standard league are you ready to have paul george first or are you gonna have Kawhi leonard first well, can you guarantee me that both of these players will s- play, will start the first game of the season? No. Um, and we can talk about that if you want to. Paul George. Well, I, think has- we, I think we have to. And, that's, and I Paul- think that's, my, that's the point here is something. This is going to be a weird year for both of these guys. Paul George had two shoulder surgeries. Two. Uh, this offseason. And, and quite literally uh, hurt as well. Yeah, and from everything I've heard about the Paul George thing, he's definitely not going to be ready to go at the start of training camp. I've heard different reports of it could linger into the season. Other people think he's going to be kind of ready for opening night. Um, I don't think we have any definite concrete information yet on that shoulder injuries specifically. Um, But thinking Paul George is going to play 80 games this year doesn't seem that likely. And we, I mean, I would say with 99.9% certainty, right? I mean, Kawhi Leonard swore by him playing as good as he did in the playoffs was because he was allowed to rest during the regular season. So I can't imagine any way that guy plays more than like 70 games for the Clippers. I, yeah, I completely agree. I think both of these guys, uh, actually, I would say this might be the year nobody plays 80 games. In the top twenty, top thirty, like, like what, Ooh, what's no. the point here? No, I think that's a fallacy there. Because some, how about this per game value? Per game value? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at I'm looking at total value. So let's get out of that nonsense. Let's look at per 
game value, and I see in the top 20, one, two, three, four, five, well, okay, six, six, no, five out of the top 20 players uh, played 80 uh, games or more, which I know that's like three games, right? So, like, not not crazy that uh, that three players, it's only that many players. Yeah, and, you know, it, it's kind of a fluky thing to, to play 80, you know, maybe you're, you know, you get sick or whatever. Like there could be a lot of reasons to miss a game or two. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's difficult and that the way teams like to rest now, it's getting fewer and fewer every year. I think, you know, we don't see too many Iron Man putting the team on their back for 82 games. Um, and, and I actually think this is to the advantage of these players is that, Expecting James Harden to play 82 games, he played 78 last year, probably a bit ridiculous. Uh, they got to lessen the load on these guys. The, the science is in. If everyone started to lessen their load, then Paul George and Kawhi Leonard only playing 65 games actually doesn't hurt their value as much as it would if everyone was trying to play 80-plus games. Yeah, but you – I mean I- – you got to figure, right, that most of the guys are going to play like 75, right? I'd say most everybody's in that 70, 75 range still. I think that's it's safe to say. Plus, you know, you got your younger guys who will probably play closer to 80. Uh, Dame Lillard's uh, never played like less than 80 games, I think. I'm not going to look that up for anybody. Go look that up yourself, everybody. He missed that. That was that season like two years ago where he missed a couple weeks. That's true. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Uh, Before he, that, he hadn't missed a game, right? For like his first however many seasons, he did not miss a game. My gosh, yeah, all eighty twos, and then even those. Remember, so you're talking about those. Oh man, he missed those weeks, right? Seventy five games played, seventy five games played, seventy three, and then last year again, eighty. Uh, yeah, the first Miller. three years he didn't miss a game, man. He did the Iron Man three straight. Alive. Didn't miss a game. Absolutely incredible. Um, but let's get back to Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. I think. Since Paul, even though Paul George is going to be playing uh, as many games as Kawhi Leonard, I'd say let's let's just say they play a very similar amount of games, right? Um, I think I'm going to have to go with Paul George over Kawhi Leonard for this particular reason. Um, I mean, they're both very very similar players, but Paul George slightly better. Better free throw percentage, which is um, nope, never mind. Not a better free throw percentage. I take that back. Um, a better three pointer, um, three point shooter. Three. Wow, there it is, Tyler. I, f- I finally landed on it. Um, better three point shooter. He's More going steel. to hit. Elite three points. I think their steals are super comparable, right? He does get more. He got more steals last year. Uh, I think they're probably going to be very, very similar. Uh, but Paul George is just like a little bit better in everything except for percentages. Actually, I, I got to switch that, uh, switch that around. Um, but I'd rather have those elite three pointers because elite three pointers, everybody's going to be is going to be hitting three pointers with your first round pick. Both of these guys, in my opinion, are first round picks. Gotta be able to be elite three pointers. Unless you're, you know, unless you're Anthony Davis, unless you're Giannis, unless you're getting one of those guys, I think an elite three pointer is the guy you got to go with in the first round. First round picks, man, both of them. 
I don't know. I, think so. I, don't, I don't know if I'm there. I'm close. I'm definitely close. I think they're kind of crazy part is, and I actually was in a, in a draft, a, a mock kind of thing the other day thinking about this. They're both kind of turn guys for me, but I don't know that I want both of them on the same team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah, going- no, I, I wouldn't want to take a chance on both of them. But I think that's kind of where I'm at with them. Like, I'd rather have Harden, I'd rather have Davis, I'd rather have Giannis, rather have Towns, rather have Curry, rather have Dame Lillard, I'd rather have Jokic, right? So, like, they're both kind of getting into that turn range real fast. And I'm like, I didn't say early first round. I just said first round. But no, that's my point. And I, so, anyone who's drafting right now, and like, if you can grab both these guys, like, kind of on a turn, I wouldn't do that. I would grab one. Um, I am into Paul George a little bit more than Kawhi Leonard also this season. Um, I probably have Paul George somewhere right around 10th in my rankings. I think that's pretty fair. Um, And I think we're both sitting on the fact that Kawhi will do something very similar than he did last year, play 60, 63 games. Uh, His per game value is excellent. You know, he's Kawhi Leonard is a very, very good player. And I, I told a lot of people to go in on Kawhi Leonard if you, slips into that second round last year, even though he was very questionable as even going to play basketball last season. And now it's kind of wild how much a difference a year makes. Uh, We weren't sure if he wanted to or would play basketball again. And now you can consider him the best player in the league. Man, uh, things change fast, as always. NBA changes fast. um, It is probably the quickest changing uh, the takes in the playoffs were so absurd up and down on every one of these single single one of these players uh if anybody has any hate for my boy steph curry or or Kawhi leonard uh, get get the right the hell out of here uh, enough of your nba twitter nonsense like get get something better to do with your time if you are trying to change the narrative every 15 hours on nba twitter get, get something better to do watch I know, go watch something interesting on uh, on Netflix. Go watch The Boys on Amazon. It's a good show. Check it out. Fair enough. Oh, the Clippers here. They got two obvious first-round All-Stars. Um, absolutely incredible players. But they lost basically the rest of their team. Uh, minus a few players. No, now. Come on, Michael. They've got, full, they've got three or four other guys that are – 100% standard league relevant. Well, no, no, minus minus a few players. Like I said, minus a few players. One of my favorite uh, players last year was Montrezl Harrell. Now, Montrezl Harrell uh, is um, played off and on starters minutes last season. He would play starters minutes, then he'd play you know, less than starters minutes, then he'd play you know, less than backup minutes. And it was very, very, very infuriating. Tyler, do you think Montrez will finally be given the keys to the kingdom and play closer to 30 minutes a game this season? Um, closer – now, well, the way you phrase that question is a little tricky, ah, right? Because you said closer to Closer, 30. not 30. Closer to 30 than, uh, here's than you did last problem. year, I guess. With Montrez Harrell in a real life basketball perspective, if you're gonna go five, you know, if you're gonna play a stretch five, 
can't you pretty much take Harrell out of the game on the defensive end? Like, he cannot get out on the perimeter and defend. If the Mavericks are playing Porzingis at the five and four other guys who can play on the perimeter, Montrez Harrell is going to get roasted repeatedly. Yes, absolutely. So, he and, is and a liability. Montrez, like, Montrez is a great player, right? But there are certain matchups where teams can basically take him out of the game. And, I mean, he played 26.1 minutes, 26.3 minutes a game last year. He averaged 3.1 personal fouls. And a lot of that is he gets put out on the perimeter. The guy drives it. He can't stop him. So what does he do? He fouls him. And he gets in foul trouble. And, you know, such the, the game goes on, right? So, no, he's not going to play 30 minutes. Could he get up to 27 or 28? Sure. I think he took a step forward at toward the end of the season last year. I think they saw that. I think they want him to play more minutes. Um, some of that will be limited by his fouling. Some of that will be limited by him getting better. Um, he's another guy who's not going to make a three-pointer. So if you're looking for that, that's not yeah, going to happen. I mean- and I think that's where like my love affair with Montrose Herald ends is uh, soon because he gets about a, a little over a block a game. His percentages are fine. Uh, his free throw is only 64%. Um, but not hitting threes, which I thought he would, he would develop a three-point shot. I don't know. He's not going to develop a three-point shot. He's, he's starting to look a lot like a, a broke-ass Clint Capella. <laughs> Man, okay. All right. He's starting to look a lot like uh, a player who needs to be much, much, much better in order to be considered someone to be drafted in those first four or five rounds. Here's the thing about him, too, as a center. Per 36 minutes, right? So, I mean, the, the best guys in the league, right, like Andre Drummond, right, are averaging like 16 rebounds a game. So per 36, they're averaging like pretty close to 17, right? Not 8.9, and that was a career high last year, per 36 minutes. So he's only getting nine rebounds in 36 minutes a game. He's not going to play 36 minutes a game. Like He's not a fantastic rebounder either. Now he does help by getting you two assists and almost a steal, and 16 points are nice, you know. But the free throw percentage is not great. Like He's a top 100 guy, especially in a head-to-head league. But... I'm not going to be like super jazzed about picking him in the top 50. Like he's not a top 50 guy for me. He's probably more in that kind of clump where it goes from like 70 to a hundred. Yeah, he is definitely in those later plateaus and uh, we'll be talking a lot about the plateaus of, uh, of these players. When you look at what their overall effectiveness, when it comes to your uh, nine cat, um, rankings is the uh, the f- top tier players are so just heads above everyone else that uh, they're almost untouchable and they're doing the thing that like three of the players who are in like the 50 60 range are doing. Um, you have your second tier players who are very, very good, your third tier players who are just. They're better than the rest. They're not as good as those other players. They're better than the rest. But then once you start getting into the what we call the plateaus, that first plateau in the late 40s, 50s, 60s, all those players are really kind of overall interchangeable. 
And Montrose Herald is kind of in the kind of in the back end of that first plateau. He's kind of interchangeable with uh, a handful of people. So, you know, if you need rebounds uh, or blocks in in that plateau over assists, then you would favor him over uh, you know, the handful of guards that are in that plateau. But in reality, all those players are interchangeable. And then you have the second plateau, which I think if Montrezl Harrell is going to play less minutes next year, he's um, uh, a threat to fall into that second plateau of a bunch of people who are just fairly irrelevant, can be relevant every once in a while, but end up being back of your bench or even streaming uh, players. And at 25, I mean, we did see some some sparks. We did see some like very very good play from Montrezl Harrell for a month or two, uh, kind of in the middle of the season last year, where he looked like he could be a top 50 player. But I think overall for the season, you, you might see a spark again next year. But overall for the season, Montrezl Harrell, uh, I, I'm not really sure he's got the the all the tools, uh, especially when it comes to steals and uh three points we talk about that top player we talk about dfs guys right like there are some matchups where i think you can look and go okay these guys are gonna play big pretty much all night Montrez harrell's gonna roast some of these guys you know you know what i mean this other team's gonna play big Montrez harrell gonna go off so i'm definitely super interested in him in that kind of situation but to have to play him every night, like you know, like I said, he's probably a seventy to hundred guy. I actually have a guy on this team. I think I might rather have. Um, and this guy probably falls in that same kind of plateau. But I'm a little bit more into him, and that's Lou Williams. Like I think Lou Williams just one of the great. You know, I'm gonna take the ball and score on you guys in the NBA. Um, and yeah, I, Lou, I, I love Lou it. I love is- that. He's Lou, man. He's Lou Williams. He's doing what Lou Williams does. Uh, I love Lou as well. I think he's, I think he's fantastic. But you, you kind of know exactly what you're getting with Lou Williams. He's going to score every time he gets, you know, he's going to shoot every time he gets the ball, which means his field goal percentage is going to be low. But he's going to score a lot. And uh, even last season, in only 26 minutes a game, he scored 20 points per game, and he gives you a decent clip of assists. There's not a lot of good assist players anymore like just the ball is moving so much that there isn't the need to have your old-fashioned rondos or your old-fashioned chris pauls out there banging the ball into the court and finding the open guy now you know there are a handful of people who still do that but lou williams getting you over five assists a game in limited minutes that's an asset um i I kind of agree with you i think lou williams is um someone i would target in drafts i think he's someone who's going to slip uh just considering what the the clippers look like now uh with the the big names that are there i think people are going to be like well lou williams is going to get squeezed out his usage is going to go down his possessions are going to go down that's not true someone's got to come in up on the bench get hot and score and lou williams that's his exact role and that's exactly what he's going to do for this team He's probably going to get you a steal a game. He's going to, you know what I mean? You mentioned the assists, you mentioned the points. Like, yeah, I'm in. I think he's probably more, you know, probably in my 60s in the rankings. Um, you know, assuming it's it's a head-to-head league, he's probably, you know, somewhere in that 60 range for me. Yeah, and we're, I mean, in, in future episodes, we are going to talk about um, 
draft strategies, punting strategies, uh, who to draft with certain players. And, you know, I think Lou Williams is one of those guys where you see how your team is being built uh, as you go through the draft, realizing you need scoring. And I could see see Lou Williams falling into, like, the eighth round. Eighth, ninth round. Not in the draft. I'm in my league. Not not in my league. My league, my friend. But uh, I I think you're going to see a lot of late Lou Williams and – you know, my advice is to is to pick that guy up. I he's still got it. He's still going to be there, and uh, I'm not I'm not afraid of picking him up. I I, I do. I kind of I like him Here's a little another, bit better than I like Montrez Harrell. Another thing I like about having Lou Williams on my team. I mentioned this. You know, fantasy is supposed to be fun. I'll talk about this all the time. Lou Williams is a guy I want to watch, man. I want to watch that dude ball out, and I want to get excited when he's ripping a forty point game. If he's on my fantasy team, I get even more excited, right? Because I'm like, yo, Lou just dropped 40, man. So, yeah, sign me up. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm just going to throw out there, though. The reason I'm going to still continue to keep an eye on Montrose Herald, though, is there's some games looking at his game log out here. You know, he had multiple 30-point games last season. So. I told you, man. In DFS, you eats. can find matchups where like okay name a team where they're going to play like two really big centers right like even the backup is going to be a really big guy who's going to kind of lumber in the paint the more old school traditional center whatever you want to call it when Montrez goes against those teams like look at the teams he did it against last year they're probably teams with two big guys who are going to basically camp out in that paint that dude Memphis yeah Dallas so who was Dallas's centers last year depending on what part of the season I have no idea Probably DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Powell, two guys who aren't going to shoot threes. They're going to camp in the paint. You know what I'm saying? He cooks teams like that. You know what I'm saying? Because those guys want to play where he's really good. In the paint, that dude is tough to stop. It's when you get someone like Chris Stapps Porzingis or you know, another tall guy who can get out and shoot three-pointers, right? Like If you're telling me Terrell's going to go against Portland and they're going to play white side a bunch, I feel good about that matchup, right? It's the guys like the Bulls when they get Laurie Markkinen or Wendell Carter Jr., like someone who's a good three-point shooter that can play on the perimeter. That's not a matchup you want for Montrez. Bulls are going to smoke smoke the Clippers this year, just letting you know. Just gonna, they're going to be a top-tier team, Tyler. All young guns. Um, everybody's, shooting threes, everybody's shooting threes on the whole team, Tyler. It's going to be great. I made this point of why – and, and this has nothing to do with this, but I, I was talking about, you know, people are getting excited because the schedule came out and, you know, one of the very first ESPN games is Dallas against New Orleans. And everyone's going to bill that game as Luka Doncic against Zion, right? The reigning rookie of the year against the favorite to win the rookie of the year. But the really interesting part about that game for me will be watching Zion go against Chris Epps Porzingis because Porzingis is going to try to guard Zion and Porzingis is one of the better rim protectors in the NBA. Like people forget, right? Cause he didn't play last year and that's Zion's game, right? Zion's not going to shoot a ton of three pointers. I don't think, especially at a really good percentage, he's going to try to get down there and bang in the paint more. And so I'm super interested to see how Zion does when he goes against Porzingis. It's, I mean, the schedule coming out is just so, it's just so exciting. It like gets you pumped up and that's, you know, hopefully these, uh, 30 teams and 30 day previews over 30 days previews, uh, also get you excited for that fantasy basketball season. Um, I think there's a couple more fancy basketball players on this Clippers team. Uh, Tyler, I, I need you 
to talk me into because this is not the type of player I, I I truly love to have, but this is the type of player that is often overlooked and incredibly effective, especially in roto leagues. Uh, Patrick Beverly. Oh, people are gonna sleep on Patrick Beverly, right? Absolutely, because- he might be undrafted in some of these the casual leagues. And here's the other thing too. So last year, people are gonna look at the numbers and be like, "Dude played 27.4 minutes. Dude averaged seven points a game. Dude, lame. you know, dude lame. stinks. Seven points, lame. Seven oh. points is lame. Why did he average seven points a game? Why did he only average 27 minutes a game? Okay, this is why our fantasy basketball gets contextual. So he tore his ACL 11 games into the 2017-2018 season. So he played in, in 2017, he tore his ACL. He was very slow ramping up last year, right? He was getting his legs back under him. He was getting his jump shot back under him. Now, what may be his saving grace for fantasy is, you know, people might draft him because they remember him being good in the playoffs and guarding Kevin Durant and all that. Okay. If you look at this guy's game log, like he didn't really play 30 minutes. The first time he played 30 minutes last season was in November. He played 30 minutes, right? And then he was still down like 23, 23, 23 minutes a game, a bunch. Okay. So I will, will start in January, right? So let's start January 12th. Cause that's kind of when he yeah. started ramping up his minutes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this so is you a 30 year old man, you know, like let's give him some time to get back into the game. January 12th to the end of the season. Okay. He averaged 34, 30.4 minutes a game. Now still not a ton of points, only eight and a half. And that will be a detriment to your roster, right? He's never but, been a point scorer. But here's the rest of the stat line. 1.6 three-pointers on 43% shooting. Okay? Like that. So, 6.3 rebounds, 4.4 assists, 1.2 steals, 0.7 blocks. And if you're a turnovers guy, 1.1. I like all of those stats. And that's exactly my point about him being a beautiful hidden gem in Roto League's this is a guard getting you great rebounds, giving you more than uh, adequate assists for a guy who's really not a you know a true point guard whatsoever. Four to five assists a game is now kind of uh, an above average, uh, almost above average at this point. Uh, the steals, not there like they used to be, but still there and almost a block a game from your guard with basically zero turnovers if you play in nightcat leagues like you should and a pretty good free throw shooter. So, you know, not shooting a high volume, but percentages aren't going to kill you and they're not going to kill you in his field goal either. Cause he's not taking that many shots and he hits threes. Uh, That's every single category, thing. everybody. Here's the thing I'll say about his steals too. He had seven games last year where he had three or more steals. So I wouldn't write the steals off. Like he, he was not as good as he had been last year in the steals category, but he's had quite a few years where he's 1.3, 1.4, 1.5, 1.7. It wouldn't shock me, especially, you know, he's going to be asked to do a little bit less on the offensive end. Probably he really locks somebody down on that defensive end and gets you a little bit more there. That wouldn't, that wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me even in a little bit. So yeah, he's definitely a guy I want in the last, I mean, he's, 
probably outside the top 100, but he's a sneaky kind of 10th, 11th, 12th round pick. Um, as far I, as I'm I honestly, I'm not sure he should slip much. I don't know if he should slip in, into the post, like after 100. Um, maybe. Fair. That's fair. I don't think easily be a top 100. Yeah, I think he's going to be a top 100 player next year. He's a little bit healthier, right? I think he's a top 100 player, but I think he. I'm thinking you don't have to draft him till the 10th, 11th, 12th round. Like I think he gets picked out of the top 100. So you know that's where people make the mistake. You know they just like make their own rankings and they're like, oh, I got Patrick Beverly ranked 87th. I'm going to pick him at 87. No. If everybody else is picking him at 140, pick him at 105, 110. You know give what I mean? Him a round. Right. You give know him what I mean? Two rounds. And yeah, like you want to get a, a little bit ahead of that, right? Because that's an average draft position. So somebody else might really like Patrick Beverly. But don't pick him at 80 because you have him at 80. Pick him at 105, 110, and then get yourself a nice little value there. He's he, he's a great, he's gonna be a great value. Um, definitely in casual leagues for sure. And he gives you nice little, nice little stat lines. I don't know. To me, he's always like the, uh, it's always the surprising, but it's always like, sometimes it's surprising where it's like two points, man, two points. He only gave me two points, but then, you know, a week later he's like, Oh, 17, eight and nine. Okay, cool. Thanks Patrick Beverly. My 110th pick in the draft for a 17, eight and nine night. I really appreciate that. So, like, this is a guy who who's uh, might. I don't know if he's ever gonna lose. I don't think he's ever gonna lose you week because he just does everything a little bit, but uh, might win you a few weeks just uh, sporadically, simply because some some of these nights he's, he goes off, and uh, I, I think he's a must. He's a must draft. He's gonna be. Uh, he might be. He, maybe he makes the sleeper list. We're gonna be doing a sleeper podcast, so he might even make our sleeper list, Tyler. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Patrick Beverly. I'm a big fan as well. Let's talk about the rest of this team. Um, someone's got to play the four, Tyler. Is it Joe Michael Green or is it your boy, Mo Harkless, straight from Portland? And, and is this the year Mo Harkless finally becomes a top 20 player? Like we always thought. You know, I I will be rooting for Mo <laughs> to get some minutes. I don't know, man. I think we're we're kind of too early in the game for that. Um, I guess, me. I guess though that Mo Harkless probably can get somewhere around twenty five minutes a game, right? So that's not great. But when you look at Mo Harkless for his career, okay, in like twenty five minutes a game, he averages basically a steal and a block. Oh, that's kind of interesting in fantasy right there. Now, again, this guy not going to score a ton, doesn't really get you any assists. But I think if he gets getting 25 minutes a game, it's not the worst streamer, especially if you're looking for that little bump and steals and blocks. Like, I think as long as he's playing around 25 minutes, I will play Mo Harkless on some nights, especially the Clippers got lots of national TV games. They got lots of you know, TNT and ESPN games. Those are a lot of times the nights where not as many teams are playing. Um, so yeah, I think Maharkless will definitely be part of my streamers this year. Yeah, I, I think, um, here's the other thing. He, okay. He wins I'll, the I'll award. Add- you, you know, Tyler, you write a streamers, uh, uh, article every single week during the season. It's a great article. Go check it out. Hashtag basketball.com. When the, when the season starts, 
Uh, I think Mo Harkless wins the award for most times mentioned in one of your articles because he is the perfect streamer. He does so many of the things that you would probably need across the board, and no one ever thinks about him. I'll say this, too. If I tell you, okay, so there's 48 minutes a game, right? If you tell me that Mo Harkless plays 20 and Jermichael Green plays 28 and I have to own one of those two in fantasy, I think I'd own Mo Harkless in 20 over Jermichael Green in 28. Like, what does Jermichael Green help you in? He's going to get you rebounds. Yep. That's about absolutely it. So, you know, if you're telling me that's even that's the minute split and I like, you know, I'm not advocating for either one in a standard league if that is the minute split. But my point being is like, if you're a fantasy player and those two are the two battling for the spot, you definitely want Mo Harkless to get more minutes because per minute, Mo Harkless is going to be a much better fantasy contributor. Completely agree with that. The last, certainly not least question for the Los Angeles Clippers. Are you on the Zubach train? And how far are you on that train, Tyler? So he's a similar player to me as Montres Harrell on, uh, you know, he's the, the poor man's Montres Harrell. Like there are matchups where this dude can't play. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that's just, it's Absolutely. just what it is. Now Zubach saves himself by being a pretty good free throw shooter. So he's now good in both percentages, right? He's a better rebounder than Montrose Harrell. Like, flat out, he just is. Now, he's not going to score as much. He's probably not going to block as many shots, especially because he's going to play less minutes. But, you know, he's good in a lot of different categories. And everyone's always going to say about Zubaj, oh, if he could just play 30 minutes a game, man, he'd be so, so oh, good. Oh, man, I can't wait. He's going to play 35 this year, bro. But he's one of those players, right? who just is never going to get that many minutes because, you know, the, the defensive liability outweighs what he's producing on the offensive end at some point. So these, these guys are, uh, these guys are candy. These guys are absolute candy to uh, people who any, really anyone who plays fantasy basketball. I've been, I, I've ate, I've ate quite a bit of candy in my time in my decades of, of, of fantasy basketball. Um, this is a simple, and normal and common mistake a lot of people who who casually play fantasy basketball make they go this guy at 35 minutes a game is going to be the best player in the entire league and i'm drafting him early dude he's starting he's going to be the starting center dude he's going to play 35 minutes a game it's going to happen and there are so many of these players even guys when they end up playing 35 minutes a game, those numbers never perfectly translate over to, to 35 minutes, and they're never as good as, as they once were playing against second teams instead of first teams. And I think Zubac, he's going to eat, man. He's going to have his games. He's going to have his 26 and 12 nights. Like, it's going to happen. Uh, but, you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be wasting an early... I wouldn't be wasting the first first nine, first ten, first eleven. I don't know if I would even. I don't know. I don't know when I would draft Zubac. Would you? Would you draft Zubac, Tyler? So I think our, our hashtag rankings made a mistake here. Okay, let me let me take let me take a look. Um, 
And I think this is a common mistake that a lot of people make with a player like Zubach. Okay? Botch. I call him how many how many games is he projected to play? Well, you can tell me hashtag, you can tell me how many you think he's gonna play. Whatever. I'm just asking for a games number. Okay, how many games do I think he's gonna play? Uh let's see, he played what fifty nine last year. All right, probably a little bit more than that, like 65, 64. I think that's where the fallacy is, right? So hashtag um, projected him at 68 games. Okay. I mean, it's going to be around, right? And 24 minutes a game. Okay. So uh, here's the... That's a little high, here, in my opinion. Here's the fallacy in that, right? Because this is a double-edged sword, Okay. He's going to either so here's his game totals for his first three years 38, 43, 59. Okay, so great, but getting better, getting better. But here's the thing though you play him in those games where he doesn't fit the matchups and he's getting roasted. What's Doc Rivers gonna do? They want to win games, man. If he's out there play, getting roasted, he's gonna play twelve minutes. They're gonna pull him, minutes. right? So Three you can minutes. either you can either have sixty-five or sixty-eight games at like seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty minutes a game, or you can have sixty games or fifty-five games at twenty-five minutes a game. Because there are matchups where he would play twenty-five minutes in Excel. Do you get how that's a double-edged sword, though? Because, like, the more games he gets put into, there are going to be certain matchups where they're like, dude, man, you're getting roasted. Like, you're out. You played yes 10 minutes, but you're, you're done. Like, you get yeah. murdered out there. Yeah, so absolutely. You're, you can't have both. The games can't both go up. So I, that's see, the, I see where you're getting that, Tyler. I see yeah, where you're going. I see where you're That's the way I'm looking at Zubach. Is like, to me, you can have 70 games at 20 minutes or less a game, or you can have 60 at 25, but you can't have both because that's not the way it, it works with a player like Zubach, in my opinion. And that's just my opinion, uh, right? Worth a late round flyer at the end of a draft if you know that you need to learn the patterns for which, uh, what teams Zubach will, will thrive in. Because in he's, an, he's an ultimate streamer. So I mean, but in a league with no no games limits, I think Zubach hurts you more than he helps you because somebody is out there churning and burning dudes, right? They're getting a guy every day. And you're holding Zubach for 60 games that are pretty good. And you're, so, you're not happy about that. You're not getting that stream. And you're not getting that stream because you got Zubach and you're locked into Zubach. So I feel like Zubach is a streamer in a standard league. Uh, you can hold Zubach if you want. In a league with no games caps, I'm going to be churning and burning some guys. And I think I'm going to get better stats than you get. Maybe maybe I'm wrong about that, but that's the way I'm going to go. I don't think you're wrong about that. Um, is there any deep dives, any last words for the Clippers that you have? Uh, no, I think that about covers it for the Clippers. Um, the other guy I'll mention 
And I think this guy could be uh, definitely in the streaming class. Uh, probably not any more than that, but Landry Shamet, I think that dude's going to hit a lot of three-pointers, and I think we've already seen that that dude is a skilled player. Um, he made the USA Select team, right, even though he's was not a high pick and it was only his going to be his second year. Um, I think he proved last year that the dude can shoot. And so he, when his time for the Clippers, uh, which was only 25 games, mind you, he hit 2.7 three-pointers a game, and he shot a, an amazing 45% um, from three-point range. I think he's going to get some minutes. I think he's going to make a lot of threes. And I think we saw he averaged 2.3 assists in that time too. So if he gets some run, you know, he's shown that he can distribute the ball a little bit, make some threes. Um, another guy who I'm definitely going to stream. Um, he's, uh, he's a guy I'm keeping my eye on as well. And um, other than that, I think this Clippers team, you know, uh, a lot of these guys probably won't either get the time or even if they do, like Joe Michael Green, just won't be standardly relevant. So I think that is it for the Los Angeles Clippers. We're going to continue on our 30-team previews in over 30 days um, throughout the rest of the month. Uh, Tyler, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at Tyler P. Watts. Find me, Mike Katrin, at Watch the Boxes on Twitter. Guys, rate, review the show. It really helps people find it. Also, uh, follow us on Twitter. Hit us up on Twitter if you got feedback for the show, questions, thoughts, comments. And if you really want to support the show, uh, like our, our, our good uh, Patreon subscribers have already done, go to patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Uh, and, you know, help support the show and get access to exclusive content. Uh, that is it for this time, and we will see you with the next team. Have a great one, everybody.